What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Lepak Gurus with your hosts, Lija and Shabir. What's up, guys? Alright, so, Lija, how's life for you right now? What's, what's going on in your life? How's life? Yeah, let's give our let's give That's our a good question, a actually. Nothing much has been really going on, except for uni. I guess one of the things that I actually just done was my machine learning coursework. And I guess that's just about it. And, you know, the typical uni life, cooking, waking up, working out. I guess that's just my life. What about, you? What about yours? I mean, before I go on to my life, what's it like, you know, like, the... What, how is, how's it been in this past four months? Because you, you're back in, you know, Bath now and you're staying. So, what's it like for you just day in, day out, sitting at home most of the time? Like, how do you cope with kind of just being trapped in the same... I wouldn't say trapped, but kind of just being in the same, like, environment, you know? How do you deal with that? How do you, like, keep keep yourself motivated or, like, not feeling drained? I'll say pretty much the way to go about the whole feeling of getting trapped, like you mentioned, in the, in the same environment for the past six months now. Mm. I guess one way to go about it is that you keep yourself busy and keep finding things to do so you don't actually really emphasize on how you feel being trapped and be in the same environment. Mm-hmm. So that's how I actually go about it, that I keep myself busy. I constantly find things to do even if I don't have any coursework to do, I just, like, you know, like, binge-watching anime. I constantly find myself things to do and try to ignore the fact that, hey, I'm alone in this house. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just living situation is quite sad. His roommates are leaving. I think two of his roommates already left to went back to their, like, hometowns. One is back in Malaysia and another one is back in some place in England. So it's now, like, what, three of you? And one is leaving soon. So, Lija is basically on his own at this point. Mm-hmm. So, Shabio, like, what about yours? I mean, pretty much, I guess we're on the same boat, right? But how's your side of things over in Malaysia? I mean, as a first-year student itself, last year, as a first-year student, it was actually pretty fun for me to to able to go around and interact with people, join up clubs and societies and whatnot. But I guess things has definitely changed for you as a first year mm, student. Mm, yeah. And yeah, like how how are things been? Um I think it's quite quite depressing to be honest that like I'm doing my first year from Malaysia instead of being in like London and you know exploring London, meeting new people and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm gonna be I was supposed to be in London for three years now I'll only be in London for two so like that one whole year that I missed out on is like, dude, it's like big L, like huge L for me, but it is what it is. But I've kind of come to terms with like, uh, you know, being in the same environment. Like, it really sucks because I'm the type of person where I don't really like waking up early in the morning. So what I do is I basically, my sleep schedule is like 4, 4 p.m. wake up. 7 a.m. go to sleep. So it's very bad. I don't recommend this for anyone because it takes a toll on you, you know, sooner or later. But uh, things are good now. Like uh, workload is manageable. Uh, I've started exercising consecutively 
been eight weeks now, bro. Look at me, bro. I tell you, when you're back in Malaysia, you're gonna see me. I'm gonna have six pack abs. All confirm, confirm. You say one, huh? Swear on your name, bro. Ah, uh, good. What's my <laughs> name? Sorry. Uh, okay. So, all right. Let's let's dive into today's today's topic. So today's topic, uh, about like two weeks ago, we asked some. We asked uh on our Instagram for you guys to send in questions to ask us, and uh we did not expect the responses we got. <laughs> but we thank the responses that we got. We got two responses, which is okay. It's pretty cool, uh, Like you know. Like, at least people are interacting. So that's pretty fun. Like, we have people interact with us. Uh, one of the responses was, uh, what, about, what are our big, biggest fears? Which is an interesting topic, I think. Like, it's not something that I think about very often, you know? And another question, Lija, should I say it? Say it or, like, do you want to say it? Or should we just skip it? It's just not addressing right. it. So pretty much, we've received two questions. And Shabu and I, we never actually thought about how we actually would receive one to begin with. Like, it, this is a surplus like, for us that we are able to receive questions that we yeah. can actually make an episode on. But, hmm, the questions are pretty interesting, actually. No, tell them about the second question, bro. Tell them about the second question. So, the second question involves, why is Lija so short? <laughs> Dude, actually, I have some thoughts on this, you know, like, not, not the short, but like, you know how, like, like, guys have a preference for shorter girls and they don't like the girls to be taller than them. And girls mm-hmm. have a preference for taller guys. I think that's kind of like... Like, I, I have never dealt with that problem, but I know you have, where like... Bro, what you mean? Of course, you never dealt with that problem. You're what? Six, six foot? I'm six, yeah. And is I feel like it's very unfair to like short guys or, or tall girls, you know? Like, why are you basing your like insecurity on somebody else's, like, physical, like, you know, characteristic, you know? Like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if I feel like if I was, if I was, like, slightly shorter, like, 5'8", five, five, or 5'6", five, or 5'5", five, five, or whatever it is, I feel very insecure about my height because people are just so mean about it. Like, like what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? When it comes to insecurities about my height, I'll say maybe I had it when I was teenager, high school days. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, shit. I'm shorter than compared to my friends. Dude, I, I'm speaking as if I'm like, what? 5'3", five, 5'4"? Five, I mean, it, to be fair, like, that's how people view it. They're like, oh, you're, like, they'll ask you for your height and you'll be like, oh, I'm 5'6", I'm 5'8", I'm five, I'm five, and then they'll be like, oh, you're not tall enough for me. Like, they make it seem like anything... It's a major six, deal breaker. Yeah, anything below 6 is just, oh, terrible. You can't, cannot, like, or for girls, anything above, like, for a guy... If they see a girl above their height, they're like, no, 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 can I, can I, can I? Like, bro, like, what's the big deal? Like, there is no problem with that. But yeah, you were saying? But yeah, coming back to it, I've definitely, like, had a slight insecurity about my height when I was late high school, high school days-ish, mm-hmm. where I would figure that I wasn't tall enough. Being 5'8 isn't really a good thing for me when I was back then, I, I'll say. But growing up, mm-hmm. I think about now, I actually think about it, how it was actually so dumb for me to actually see the way that I judge myself in terms of how tall I am. And so, yeah, growing out of it, I figured, you know what they say about short guys? 
<laughs> the height when uh never mind i don't want to go into it but <laughs> no essentially but... if height is actually a major deal breaker for you then yeah it is what it is the you thing is that think... i can't i can't help with how tall i am but it's the personality that's matter bro <laughs> <laughs> We moved. That was a long. Moved. I don't know if you're gonna edit this, but that was a long ass pause, bro. I feel like you you forgot what you wanted to say halfway through, and you're like, "What was that? What was my point again?" But yeah, yeah, it's definitely the personality that matters. It's like if somebody thinks height is a deal breaker, then that's their problem, not yours. You are like, no. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to call out any names, but if height oh. is actually a major deal breaker for you, then. Sorry that I'm not close-minded lah. What can ooh, I do? Ooh. Ooh. I think, okay, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter about two, three days ago. Uh, this was about Jonah Hill. Did you see his post? Yeah, I liked your reply right. to it. So Jonah Hill, basically, the Daily Mail wrote an article about Jonah Hill who went surfing and the headline was, Jonah Hill slips into his black wetsuit for surf day in Malibu before showing off his tattoos while going shirtless to towel himself off. Towel himself off. First of all, that's, I don't get this kind of journalism. I feel like journalism reporting on celebrities doing something is dumb. Like, nobody cares. And, it's so you know, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it like, doesn't even make sense at all that why would you make even an article about this entire thing? Is it a big fuss that he actually went surfing? I don't actually understand the whole idea behind this article at all. To begin with. Yeah, and there, there, there are tons of these articles. Like yesterday, I think somebody reported like, oh, um, Kylie Jenner finally reveals what food craving she had when she was pregnant. Like, nobody cares, dude. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not journalism. This is like, I don't even know what it is, love. But, like, okay, it's a waste Go, of time. On. But yeah, so, and Jonah Hill uh, came out with an Instagram post saying like, he never took off his shirt in public until he was like 30 years old. And he would have done it sooner, but he had a lot of childhood insecurities where people would just, like, make fun of him. And, you know, uh, when he used to go for interviews and the media used to, like, make fun of his fat. And he was always known as, like, the, the fat guy in Hollywood. We don't have that, that trope in movies, right? Like, there's always that one fat friend who's really funny. Yeah, like, Jonah Hill really didn't like that because he didn't want to fit into that box. So now he's, like... You know, it's like he loves himself and he knows it's not a him problem. It's the problem of like all these other people who want to try and put him down. So I think whether it's like height, weight, the way you look and all that stuff, right? You can't... You, a lot of people are just going to try and make you feel bad about yourself. But honestly, most of the times they are not happy with themselves. So you got to take that into account, you know? Like, Jonah Hill is doing freaking amazing. Like, I love Jonah Hill's Instagram posts, like... Because I know as, like, when I was a lot younger, I felt very insecure to take my shirt off at, like, you know, changing rooms in school or, like, going for swimming with my family and all that. I felt, like, very mm-hmm. weird to me. So, like, shout out Jonah Hill, man. That man's a good. Okay, yeah. First of all, I looked at Jonah Hill's reply and there was some good reply, man. Like... I can totally resonate with him up to a certain point where def- definitely times, as we've mentioned about the whole insecurity episode, there definitely there are times during 
primary school days that we that I myself find myself being quite fat and feel that it's quite shameful for me to actually change my clothes or actually going to a pool with a bunch of friends. So definitely I can see where he's actually coming from and I'm actually very happy for him. But if I feel as though that when we mentioned, you know, the how whenever there's a movie and there's always like a fat, funny dude, he's the, always the funniest character. And like I feel that, relief. Yes, okay. And I feel that that's like the name that surrounds around Jonah Hill, where he feels that he had the pressure to be funny because of his the way he looks, the way his the way of his body is. And I don't know if I actually read about this quite a while back. Um, I'll say it was during one of the award ceremonial sessions that he actually cut out a lot of weight and he actually attended the ceremony itself and people were actually judging him for it that, oh shit, that he's not, he's not going to be funny anymore. No one's going to cast him for movies anymore because he's not fat anymore. And it was quite dumb to actually see that because people, people have shit to say no matter, no matter what, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. People have, people have a lot of shit to say when, when, like, even if you're doing nothing, you could just be sitting on a chair drinking water. People will come and be like, dude, look at this, like, stupid guy sitting in a chair. Like, why is he disturbing my peace? Like, you, you couldn't, you, you wouldn't be doing anything to disturb them and it's still part of problem with you. So, I think the moral of the story when it comes to, like, you know, what Jonah Hill went through and how he, he got out of that you know, that stage of his life where he was feeling so down about himself. It's like, people are going to have shit to say. You just need to be able to make peace with yourself and love yourself more than, you know, uh, what's the word? More than, more than caring about what people have to say to you because people always have something to say regardless. This definitely drives down to self-love and how much you actually like love yourself. And that's really, really important at this day and age where definitely there are times as we've mentioned let's talk let's take about the height for example as we mentioned earlier mm. like i've mentioned i've definitely had that insecurity for, during high school and i was sometimes i actually do think why am i not taller why am i not six foot but as i say i've grown up grown out of it and started to actually appreciate myself more and self-love yeah in a way that I see myself, hey, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, and some people might not even have it. So, yeah, that's the way I go about how I actually go about the entire self-love thing. What about you, Shabir? Do you have, like, any... Like, for example, do you have any particular traits that you think that it was, like, a major flaw for you back then? Then now you started to actually appreciate it and started to, like, look at it in a different way. Uh... Uh, I don't know, actually. I think for me, it's like I hate my side profile. Like I really, really hate my side profile. Like if you look at me from the front, oh, I look like a solid, handsome guy. But if you look at me from the side, bro, I don't like it, bro. I feel very insecure about it. And I don't know how I'm going to come to terms with it, but I'm aware that it's not something I can control. And it's just something I'm going to have to make peace with. So I don't feel more insecure about it. But that's about it. You know, there's just... Certain things that you can change and certain things that you can't change. And certain things that 
even if you do change, it might not make you feel good enough. So I think always like, for me, I think the first step towards like feeling less insecure or less bad about something is realizing whether or not I can change it is the first thing. Secondly is, do I want to change it or do I want to make peace with the fact that, okay, I have this, like, Mm -hmm. like, okay, we can talk about your, like your weight. Okay. Let's just say you're not overweight. You're not underweight. You're just maybe a little bit fat or a little bit over Mm -hmm. the weight you want to be. And your body type is a bit not what you want. Right. So, and people make fun of you for it or you feel insecure. So you have two options. One is either you exercise and you lose that weight. And two is like you maintain your lifestyle but a bit healthier and you just make peace with the fact that, okay, this is my body type. I'm fine with it and I'm still a healthy human being. That's okay. And whatever people are going to say about me, they're going to say about me. That's it. And you just know? let them be. Yeah, just let them be. It really depends whether how you're going to make peace with the fact that you have a certain thing and how you're going to deal with it. Because if you don't come up with a way to deal with it, then it's going to continue eating at you forever and then you're just going to like feel really, really shit about yourself. That's how I view it. When you mentioned about the entire thing of you can either do something about it and or make peace with it, hmm. but that's definitely until like a certain degree of the entire make, making peace with it. Yeah, yeah, for, for example. Sure. For example, to give you a context, if you if there's someone actually making fun of you being overweight, and if you are actually overweight, then perhaps you should actually start doing something about it. So my point is definitely there are some truth behind Shabir's words. Do take it into account, but there are, I'll say it plays up to a certain degree of things where you should actually acknowledge and realize, open up your eyes towards whether you are overweight or not for this context. Yeah, I mean, at that point, then you need you would need to speak to like a health professional and get their advice. Then it's no longer a you thing, it's you and your health, you know? That's, that's the kind of things that you need to take into account. I mean, it's not, I couldn't find a better example because this is the most like common one, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, I, I mean, think- weight is the most easily comparable to, it's the most yeah. easiest context of us actually telling us the entire idea of it but if you're actually perfectly healthy you're fine and everyone's still everyone's and no matter what people still have things to say Mm. but if you're happy with how you look your body type then just be with it just go with it yeah let's go with it people who are judging you for it they don't have a say in how how do you actually live your life so yeah yeah exactly they're not paying your bills they're not they're not supporting you in any way you are in charge of your life. But yeah, that, that's, that's mainly question one. That was a long <laughs> question one. <laughs> that one actually went quite deep. You know, I didn't know we could we, we were going to do it that deep. I thought we were going to make some so joke. Short. Screw thought, you, I, la, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be like a super quick question and we're going to move on to the fierce one. But Okay, la, we move, we move, we move. Go, go, go. I, I think we, we, had a, we had a pretty good perspective on that. But yeah, okay, let's move on. So the second question was, um, what are your biggest fears? And I think this is like a super like, deep question. Not in the fact like, oh, deep, but in the fact that like, how often do you actually think about what you're scared of? It's not like, oh, like, 
like this is the like the fear that I'm referring to is like fear of like it's not like oh I'm scared of snakes but uh-huh. like scared of something that maybe like the kind of emotional like a, side of things yeah like like the emotional fear you know it's not like I don't fear know of being rejected etc yeah yeah fear something of being like left that. out for example mm, yes exactly something like that not not like oh, I'm, I'm afraid of dogs or I'm afraid of cats or something like that like that, those kind of fears I don't know what the difference is but I hope you guys are kind of understanding what I'm saying so Lija do like what what is your biggest fear at this point in your life I've actually never sit down properly sit down and think about what's my biggest fear but mm-hmm. see if you're on the topic of that what I can actually think of is that what I say one of my biggest fear is that I feel scared of being left out in a way mm. so in this context actually let me give you guys an example so let's say Shabir and Haley they decided to hang out and not invite me then yeah that that that, that sucks man <laughs> formal lah formal exactly but formal in terms of like friendship wise okay okay come come let dr shabir deep dive into this with you before we but, dive into mine so but the feeling of formal i'll say is not in terms of how it only applies to like certain group of friends like for example it's not necessarily apply to anyone if you're not close to me then i don't really give a shit <laughs> but if someone that i actually care about and is literally on my group of friends which is not many and they are doing this behind my back then yeah it sucks but then i figured that that only applied that was that actually came about from high school where there are definitely times where I actually feel, felt that way but over time progressively I actually never I haven't felt really that way in quite a while ever since I actually evaluated who my actual friends are the real G's and yeah I actually never really felt that way in a while but I'll say that's definitely one of my biggest fears Yeah, at 4 a.m. after Lija's birthday, he this year he texted us one long ass paragraph in our group chat. And the next morning he woke up and was like, "Oh, I texted you guys that." Uh, and we were like, "Yeah, bro." And he's like, "Okay, cool." Okay. Uh, so wait, so, Lija, like, mm-hmm. when you when you say fear of missing out, right? Are you actually afraid of missing out like good times with your friends, or are you afraid that like the friends that you have are not the people who you thought were your Gs. Like, what is it? Are you actually just afraid of like, oh, they're having a good time without me? Or are you afraid of like, they're intentionally having a good time without me and they're leaving me out. So like, we were friends and now like, I thought we had a bond, but apparently we don't. Is it like that? Bro, are you like trying to reverse, putting the whole reverse psychology thing on me? I guess so. I'm trying to dissect this information, bro. Doctor, doctor. Okay, Shabby okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go deeper into it. All right. So, when I mention about the whole feel of being left out, I say there are definitely times where your friends would just hang out without actually inviting you. But of course, I know the fact that they are they actually forgot about it for some reason. That's the excuse that I would like to give myself or paint a picture of how. them themselves 
hanging out without me. So I'll say, my, but my fear actually resides on how they actually intentionally do hang out without me. Like having that intention of not wanting to invite me, basically. Mm. So I'll say that my fear resides on that. And yeah, not in terms of how they actually just forgot to invite you, but just a, fa- just a fear of how they're not, a, they're not actually good friends, but they just, yeah, they just don't want to invite you. How would you deal with a situation like that? Because I've kind of been thinking now, you know, like now, like we're 21, you know, like we're, we're out in the world, we're making new friends. You know, we have, you know, like groups of friends. We have friends from primary school, if you still keep in them, if you're lucky. You have friends from, you know, like childhood, you have high school friends, you have college friends, you have uni friends. You have like so many different types of groups of friends, right? And, you know, like, how do you deal, like, let's just say now you're faced with a situation where one of your close friend groups are intentionally leaving you out of, of doing stuff and conversations. How would you deal with that? Are you going to confront them and be like, hey guys, like, what's going on? Why are you leaving me out? Or are you going to just leave it and just like cut contact or cut ties? Like, like how would you handle that situation? Depends. <laughs> I feel like there, there's a lot of context needed for this sort of question, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll go at it. So let's say this particular friend, let's say friend A. Mm. Let's give this guy named Darren. Let's let's say let's say Darren. <laughs> Screw you, like Darren. But okay, let's say Darren. Darren didn't invite me to a particular event. I'm I'm not I'm not targeting Darren, but I'm just it's just a fictional character, okay? Mm. So let's say Darren did not actually invite me to an event, and I feel I feel that at different stages of my life, I actually like have a different way of how do I actually deal with it Mm -hmm. yeah approach with it so let's say to give you an example high school i'll say high school was the most it was the most dumbest part of my life at some point where i never actually confronted my friends about it and actually never tell them how i actually feel about this kind of things so yeah it sucks it definitely sucks that i actually never give myself the opportunity or actually bring myself to actually start telling them about how I feel. I figured that that takes way all the way back to the whole toxic masculinity thing where I actually never share my feelings or share the emotional side of me. So I'll say that there are, although they might be wrong, but I'll definitely play some wrong to this as well. But okay, so that's high school. So coming back to now, what would I do for now? Mm-hmm. Let's say yeah, now. Darren did not invite me and let's say he's a close friend of mine and also one more thing let's say that it's only he didn't invite you one time this has been happening off and on for a couple of months now so so it's not like a one time like or, or accidentally forgot slip my note like it's it's happened a lot of time so you know it's intentional at this point so what are you, what are you going to do then there are actually two ways of how do i actually think about how in actually approaching this one is the fact that is actually, is Darren a really good friend to me? Is that, do I actually see him as a potential future close friend? I'm still under the close friend list of myself. So basically, you're just assessing 
is it worth for me to put the effort to go and try and salvage my friendship or not? That, that's what you're trying yes, to do, Yes, sir. Right? So yeah. basically, yeah, that. And how do I actually view the... Is it worth enough to actually be under the mind? friends mm-hmm. list and do I actually want to keep on, keep in touch with him then mm-hmm. if he actually isn't then screw that lah there's actually no point for me to actually confront him if okay. it's not worthy and but if he's he really holds close to my heart like you Shabir Uish. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> then I'll actually confront I'll actually confront Darren in a way that Hey, you're not inviting me out. Why are you doing this? Why actually avoiding me? And I figured that whenever if you actually confront things in general, I feel that in an emotional way, there are definitely times where people will just let loose and let off their let go of their ego and start telling things. So I figured that if the friend is actually worth enough, then yeah, I'll actually go about it, go about it that way. Very interesting. I like that. I like that. I think now that we're 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 a lot older, we need to work on communication a lot more. Like if something is bothering us, we need to bring it up instead of just handling it how the older version of us or people usually handle it, which is just like brush it aside or you know talk bad about the person behind our back. Because I feel like we've all been at that stage of our life where we didn't handle a conflict or something as good as we could have handled it. And when you look back, you really, really need to, like, evaluate that lah. And if you cannot um, communicate well, then you need to start learning how to communicate well. Because it will really save you a lot of time. Like, even if it's, like, a minor issue between you and your friend or you and whoever it is, if you don't address it properly and communicate, then it's just going to grow and grow and grow, and it's going to become worse. But if you can communicate like, hey man, like, oh, why aren't you uh, uh, hanging out with me? Is there something wrong? Did I do something wrong? That is a much better route of like solving things instead of being like, oh man, dude, you know my friend, dude, I really thought he was good, but you know, screw him lah, he don't talk to me. Like you didn't even have a conversation with that person and you're trying to write them off. So definitely like the best advice I can give you that I learned myself is like, if you're having conflicts with a friend or if you don't like something a friend is doing, go and like just talk to them, have a conversation because y'all are friends. This is what friends do, you know? Shabir, I want to actually, there's actually an interesting idea that came to my head about this entire topic and I want to actually ask you about it. Hmm. Do you think the entire, at this day and age, the whole confronting and communication of bringing up your own emotional side of yourself and letting go of your ego, this entire thing itself, do you think lately or recently, at this day and age, as I've mentioned, is becoming more and more common? So to give you an example, let's take our parents for example, the older mm-hmm. generation of people, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they are actually able to handle this way of how we are able to handle that. Oh, that's a good one. Meaning that they are able to actually open up to themselves and start not confiding, not confiding their emotions and start actually talking about it and start confronting the people. And yeah, in a way, I figured it. I figured that I've so, always been that way since late high school. And definitely college has definitely taught me a lot of things. 
a lot of things and it has shaped me to actually becoming a better person in terms of how to actually maintain a better friendship. Communication is a key. And yeah, would you say that is at this day and age, it's more and more common for people to actually start opening up to their feelings and start taking emotional to, into account? I think that's a very interesting question. And I've always, I've always thought about this quite a lot because, you know, there's always that debate that comes around once in a while where, like, parents or adults, not parents, adults need to be able to admit their mistakes and apologize when they make a mistake instead of pretending and enforcing their, their um, opinion onto other people even when they're wrong. It's like, just because you're older doesn't mean you know better. And, uh, you know, just because you're younger doesn't give you more authority, like that kind of thing. Like everybody needs to enter a conversation as equal. I think, yes, now, now more, now like um, these days, it's becoming more and more common because people are becoming more and more aware. Like mental health awareness is, is there. Uh, people are learning how to communicate. People are going for therapy. People are reading more books. You know, the, the community of people who are trying to educate, like, what good communication is, what, uh, you know, some sort of, like, red flags in your own personalities are, is there. And if you're the type of person who can receive criticisms and be aware of your own flaws, then that's why, that's why it's becoming more and more common because people are becoming more and more aware of their own flaws and they're working on it. So I think definitely it's becoming more and more common and hopefully it will continue doing so and we'll live in a more understanding and open-minded society where instead of when somebody messes up, we don't straight away like attack the person or try and scold the person, but we actually like sit down and have a conversation and be like, okay, why did you do this? Or why did ha this happen in a certain way? Because I feel like Personally, when I was younger, I feel like a lot of adults around me could have handled a lot of situations way better when it came to kids if they would have mm -hmm. sit down and have a conversation with me instead of like immediately scolding me for like doing something wrong. Like if I drew on the wall with a pencil, they would scold me. For oh, example, you also, like, bro. Okay, yeah, <laughs> la, that, one, that one is a bit over, la, but like, like I couldn't find a good context. Bro, yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. your kid actually start drawing on the wall. Would you be pissed? <laughs> I just... I don't know, like, I just, it depends, like, maybe I'll just tell them, like, okay, you drew on it, you gotta go paint on the wall now, like, figure it out, like, like, pay me, like, like, I'm deducting your allowance or something, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta teach kids, like, the consequences of their actions in a uh -huh. way that punishment is not seen as a bad thing, it's seen as a lesson to learn from. Does that make sense? Because I feel like every time... When I used to mess up as a kid, I used to get punished. And I used to feel like, oh, man, I don't want to mess up. I'm really, really scared. I'm really, really scared, you know, because I'm going to get scolded by my parents and whatnot. But if it was like, I would have been more open to making, like, innocent mistakes, like, whatever, like... Drawing like, on the wall? Drawing on the wall, yeah. <laughs> drawing on the wall. If my parents weren't always, like, scolding me for, like, messing up, you know? But, you know... It's a lesson itself there, like, you, I am who I am because of all the experience I, I've, I've had and you are who you are who you, through your experiences. But I hope, like, as this whole mindset of, like, putting your ego aside, forgiving people for what they're doing and, you know, 
you know, controlling your emotions better becomes more common, people start to realize like, you know, what they can do to make their community, their lives, their friendships better. I don't know if I really answered the question, but that was like my whole thought process when I think about things like this. No, that makes perfect sense. I figured that when you mentioned about the whole experience thing where back in the days, growing up, you know, growing up in a way, in my household, I figured that making mistakes was actually pretty terrifying for me. Mm. Where when you make mistakes, the the punishments your parents give, sometimes it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> what would I say that sometimes it doesn't make sense at all is that people learn from mistakes. People learn from experience. If you actually were to actually make a mistake, start approaching the punishment, the punish the punishment side of things in a more as treated as a learning curve for you. Where if you actually do start taking, for example, drawing on the wall and you mentioned then you gotta take up your own allowance and start pinning on the wall. Instead of whacking your children, for example. Oh. Fair, fair, fair. That's actually that makes perfect sense. As you've mentioned, everyone learns from experience. Whether yeah. you like it or not. So, in this entire approach of you take up your own allowance and putting the effort to actually paint the wall, it makes a lot of sense where you actually thought about, oh man, I can't buy my, I can't buy this game where I've been saving up for and I need to actually start, spend my time in painting the wall. This entire experience you learn from yourself is that, I can't join the war next time anymore. <laughs> yeah, like like you you take something away for it instead of like, oh man, like, oh shit, my allowance got taken away. How am I gonna go out with my friends and eat? Or how am I gonna buy my concert ticket? Like, maybe next time I should just not do that because you know I'm like, no, you'll really like maybe you won't really sit down and think about it, but it'll definitely be put in you that like, listen, if you do this kind of thing, then the consequences your life is gonna be like inconvenienced lah because the punishment inconveniences you, but. If you take punishments like this, I don't know if it's a bit controversial, but if you take punishments like where you you like you like be like you whack your child, you know, like I know people like I've heard stories of people like saying like the best way to discipline your child is to beat them, but like you've also read stories of people saying like oh I used to get beaten as a child, but then after that, I just got desensitized to it, so like I just used to be a naughty kid and I didn't care if I got beaten or not because okay lah, beat after that I can go do it again. But if you replace beating with a more creative, sensical, like, mm-hmm. yeah, more more creative, more sensible way to teach your child that their mistake is wrong, or teach someone that their mistake, that what they've done is wrong, then in in you're giving them like something to remember, like you know, like yeah, pin your allowance on the wall, like okay, gone lah, you can't can't touch your allowance now. So one month you figure out you eat home food only, no McDonald's for you. So you're gonna be like, oh that's not fair. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's not fair because that's the consequence. You know? It's bad. You can't always put the consequences, oh, if I mess up, I'm going to get, uh, my parent is going to slap me one time. After a while, that one slap is going to be nothing to you. But if your allowance keeps getting taken away, then your ability to go out and have fun with your friends or go out and buy the stuff that you want to buy is going to be hindered and you're going to be sitting there like, Ah, I really shouldn't have done that. I should have, you know. You're like, you're really gonna be I really shouldn't have pinned, start drawing on the wall. Maybe. Yeah, man. Like, why, why? I didn't want to, you know, like, like you really start thinking like, okay, how do I stop myself from doing this so my allowance won't get taken away? 
So it's these kind of things that as we grow up, we need to think about a lot. That's actually a good take at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say basically to sum it up, start treating, start making punishments as a learning opportunity for whoever that you are giving the punishments to. As definitely you, the person you actually read that, the receiving end will definitely take it as a learning curve, learning opportunity to actually start thinking about it and wouldn't make on, wouldn't pretty much continue the mistakes that the person will actually start thinking about if they were to actually, like you've mentioned, they can't go out their friends anymore. If only I actually don't, didn't join a wall. Uh. Hmm. So I'll say that's actually a good take at it. And it actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. What I think we've been going on for, <laughs> it's quite long, but one last section of the podcast before we finish was my biggest fear. My biggest yeah, fear... Yeah, I wanted to ask you that, bro. Yeah, my biggest fear was... Um, it's a bit of a weird one, but I, I would actually sound really that weird. I think it's like fear of being alone. And not in the sense like alone as in like, oh, no girlfriend. No, not that kind of thing. Alone as in like... How do I explain it? Yeah. Okay. Alone as in like, let's say I'm 30 years old, live my life ready, got my money, got my job, whatever it is. But I look back and I got like no memories with my friends. Uh, I got no friends to like hang out with. I'm not close to my family. That's like my biggest fear in life. Like if that were to happen to me. And the reason why that's my biggest fear, four months, six months-ish, I've really been like sitting down and trying to re-evaluate in my life are important to me, which are not important to me. I've been doing one year online already. Yep. So what if it's difficult mm-hmm. to find roommates? And then what if that hinders my like experience in London, you know? So all of these like overthinking things, which I shouldn't be focusing too much about and like, bring, like bringing myself down with, I tend to think about them a lot. So this fear of mine is more of just me like overthinking it. And that's why I get like, oh, I'm like scared, you know? And I feel like the solution is to not overthink, but not overthinking is a very difficult thing to do. No, definitely. Over- overthinking is a major cause to the entire ideology of your biggest fear, of course. But there, there is some truth to that extent though. Let's say you use your context, for example. If you're, to find, if you're not actually able to find roommates, if you actually go back to, if you were to go back to London, then you actually need to start doing something about it. Like for example, join up virtual events or online societies to actually start meeting on potential roommates. Definitely, overthinking is a major, is a major, is a root to this entire ideology of, hey man, like I don't have a roommate in the future. What can I do? Am I living alone? But then I figured you actually need to do something about it up to a certain extent where you need to get that peace of your peace of mind that you are, you are actually, you do actually have friends. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, it's like what we said way earlier at the start of the podcast. It's like, either you make peace with it or you do something about it. So that, I think I'm at that crossroad where I'm like, do I just make peace with it and like wait it out? Or do I do something about it, you know? So, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm just at those two crossroads, right? But, yeah, I mean, 
So yeah, I mean that this is a really nice podcast. I really like this one. I think we went. I think this is like one of our most deep philosoph- philosophical podcasts. But it, I think I learned quite a lot. Like for this one, like definitely we live in an age where everybody needs to be more aware of who they are and what are their shortcomings, so that when somebody points out their shortcomings, it cannot be used against them. Because that's what people like to do knowingly or unknowingly. So, you know, to wrap it up, uh, <laughs> love yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, like, love yourself, you know, like, like I, I don't really have anything else to say. Just, just like, re, re-listen to, to, the, to the podcast. Also, also, um, currently, at the time of this podcast, we are at, let me just check, give me a second. We are at 494 plays all time. So 494 times our podcast has been played. So to the first six people who are watching this episode, thank you for getting us to 500. And for the other 494 people, thank you as well for getting us to 500. (coughs) That's all for me today. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked, man. Closing to 500 listeners to all of our episodes. Obviously, it's not a lot in terms of whether you, whether you see or not, but on the brighter side of things, there are actually people who listen to us. <laughs> Thank you and so I, feel much. That, I feel good that this is, an, this is an achievement by itself, that people actually are listening to us and taking us into account of our opinion towards certain matter. And I figure that sometimes the things we say, it, it got to make sense a bit. Like we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't bullshit things, you know? Yeah. If you made it this far, this would be episode 16, 17, I'm assuming. You made it through 16, 17 episodes with us and you're listening to this right now. Please, like, reach out to us and DM, you know, like, we would love to hear what you think of the podcast. Give us some feedback on how, what we can improve. Um, like, maybe even suggest some guests or topics. Like, just come, reach out to us. We we love we love talking to, <laughs> to people. <laughs> like... I mean, this is why we have the podcast to talk to people and to meet people. So please reach out. All right. There you go. There you have it. Thank you guys so much once again for tuning in to our podcast. And we'll see you on to the next one. Bye-bye.